Hey everyone, I'm Blake Atwell and welcome into the Blake Show NBA Sports Betting Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Coming to you nationally on TuneIn Believe Betting Radio, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. First up today, I'm going to recap two games from the NBA Christmas Day slate. uh, One in the Eastern Conference and one in the Western Conference. From there, we'll take a look at where those teams are playing on tonight's 10-game NBA uh, slate and give you some betting advice for those games. So five-game slate on Christmas Day, definitely some interesting storylines to come out of the outcomes of these games. We are going to look at the 76ers and the Knicks and the Mavericks and the Lakers. Let's start on the East Coast with the 76ers and the Knicks. Um, this was the first game of the day, what most of us uh, woke up to watching, <laughs> especially on the East Coast. Uh, we have the 76ers taking care of the Knicks, 119-112. to 112. Philly improving to 20-12 and 12 on the season, currently sitting at fifth in the compact Eastern Conference, uh, just three games behind the Celtics and one game behind Brooklyn for third place. The Nets really surging as of late. Uh, on the other side, we have the Knicks falling to 18 and 16, good enough for sixth place in the Eastern Conference. I, I think that the biggest storyline from this game is the Knicks falling apart down the stretch. The Knicks, they enter the fourth quarter up one point and they get outscored 24 to nine to, to open that uh, final and fourth quarter. 76ers uh, didn't have a lead in this game until George Niang hit a three with 1037 to go in the game. And if you're the Knicks, you simply just cannot let this happen, mainly because the narrative uh, around this team is that they're a solid group, but they can't contend this year. They can't beat uh, the top five teams in the East, especially in a in a seven-game series. This showing, crumbling down the stretch in a high-pressure situation, it's Christmas Day, everybody's watching, certainly doesn't help their case uh, in terms of being a legitimate contender in the East. And look, New York, they have a good group. You have, you know, Jalen Brunson. That addition, I think, might have been the best offseason addition in the league, you could argue. Uh, it really takes the play making pressure off of Julius Randle. And you're seeing Julius Randle playing like he did a couple seasons ago when he made the all star team, um, where he's just kind of playing uh, in the low post, playing as, as a mobile big and not having to just, you know, sort of be the focal point of the offense every single night, every single play. I think that that, you know, helps his production a lot. It also helps RJ Barrett. Who's really coming to his own uh, this season. He, you know, had, had that really nice dunk uh, in this one that got the whole garden uh, on their feet. He's really athletic, good scoring slasher. Um, so when you look at those three, you have Brunson, you have Randall, you have RJ Barrett that gives you, you know, in the backcourt that that's scary. Good with Brunson and, and Barrett. Then in the front court with Julius Randall, uh, in this sort of adjusted role where he doesn't have to shoulder um, as much of the load uh, every night. You know, that's a good group in the Eastern Conference, definitely a playoff team. Um, but I think in terms of contention, this group's youth and inexperience really shows up in situations like this. Like I said before, you know, Christmas Day, um, you're the first game on the slate. Whole country is watching you. The whole The whole league is watching you. Um, you have an opportunity here to beat a very good Philadelphia 76ers team that's playing remarkable basketball, um, winners of of a few games in a row here, and uh, you blow it, quite simply put. So to me, this game was really a measuring stick for the Knicks, and I think that it shows their ceiling, um, which this year, I think, first-round playoff team, 
Um, and then I think, you know, they haven't done anything so far that we've seen on the court is that that suggests that they can get out of that first round. If you're, if you're the sixth seed or the seventh seed, um, and you're playing on the road against a Boston a Milwaukee, a Brooklyn, a Cleveland, a Philly, you know, as we saw, and, you know, Philly doesn't even have Tyrese Maxey. Um, and you have the Sixers down and out. Um, they, the Knicks were kind of pushing around Joel Embiid for much of this game. And then, uh, the Sixers went on that run um, late in the third quarter, and then uh, never looked back in the in the fourth quarter. Um, when we look at the Knicks here, DraftKings they currently have them twentieth in title odds, and it's just as evidence that the league doesn't take them seriously as a contender. You have a, a lot of teams that I think they're better than that are ahead of them in that odds race, um, and I think that you know when you look at this Knicks team, the only thing that's really going to help them is experience, especially because you have such a young group. Um, you need specifically more playoff experience. I know Julius Randle and RJ Barrett have some fringe playoff experience, but uh, I think with the addition of Jalen Brunson, you need to give this core some time to develop um, and some time to to make it to the first round of the playoffs, to play a competitive series against, you know, let's call it uh, a Brooklyn at the three seed or Cleveland at the, at the three seed, um, you know, who, who knows sort of the way that the top half of the East is, is, is playing out so far as compact as it is what the seeding will be, but you're going to be on the road against a good Eastern conference, uh, playoff team. Um, and I think that, you know, if you can win one of those series, I think you're going into that series with nothing to lose if you're the next. Um, so, you know, that would be remarkable, but you know, if you don't, you play competitive, you push it to six, seven games. Um, I think that you can expect that. I don't think that that's too outside of the box to think uh, for this New York Knicks team. Um, so if you look on the bright side, you finish out the season strong. Let's say, you know, you're able to be a, a top six seed in the East. You add some, uh, you know, some playoff experience in the off season, see what you can add in free agency or, or, or via trade um, to help, you know, this core that you have, this really good, young, exciting core to, to really be true contenders in the East, maybe come next season. Um, now moving on to the Philadelphia 76ers side, the Sixers are rolling. There's no doubting that, uh, came into the game winners of seven. Now make that eight straight and beat and Harden. They are balling. Uh, and B definitely did what superstars are supposed to do, what you're accustomed to seeing them doing, especially a, a big guy like him on Christmas, uh, 35 points, uh, Harden wasn't far behind him, 29 and 13, uh, assists for Harden. Uh, I think it's undeniable that with Harden and Embiid rolling, just like, you know, most teams that have two superstars that are healthy and playing well, uh, you know, together, those are hard times to beat hard teams to beat, excuse me, in the NBA Sixers are, are, are no different. And then you add in the fact that Tyrese Maxey isn't out there right now, but he's a young budding superstar that adds another dimension to this team. Um, so with all that taken into consideration though, when you look at, uh, maybe why the Sixers haven't been able to advance further in the playoffs um, in the last couple of years. I mean, last year with Miami, I think it was Miami was the better team, number one, but number two, I think that Philly really lacked that toughness factor. And that's why they went out and they stole <laughs> PJ Tucker for the Miami heat. And you look on the stat, you know, you look on the stat sheet and PJ Tucker doesn't do anything too crazy in this game. Um, but, but he does what he does, which is he makes great plays on the defensive side of the ball. He brings that added toughness that I just mentioned to the group. So adding somebody like him, I think really helps your, uh, your, your chances. 
Um, you need him, you know, on the floor, you need him playing well, you need him to knock down an open shot when he has it. And he, he did that in, in this game, even though it was only, only a few shots, uh, he, he hit them. Um, so you have PJ Tucker with that added toughness, uh, in, into your team that definitely helps you out. But then I think outside of that, you got to look at Niang, you look at DeAnthony Melton, you look at Tobias Harris. Those are the guys I think that are key, assuming that, uh, Joel Embiid and James Harden are healthy on the floor playing together. Those are the guys that are really going to put you over the, over the top in, in this game. Um, you have Niang and Melton. Niang gives you 16. Melton gives you 15. Um, you know, very good production. Niang off the bench. Melton in that starting lineup, very good production, uh, for the Sixers. Um, but then you look at Tobias Harris in this game and, you know, you may ask yourself, even though the Sixers are the fifth seed and the Knicks are the, are the sixth seed. Um, I think there's definitely a talent gap there because, uh, and sort of an experience gap there. And, you know, you can make it, I mean, Philly's only a couple games back of, of the three seed. Um, so, you know, they could easily be in the three seed in a week, two weeks from now. Um, so, so when you look at it that way, um, and you say, okay, you know, the Sixers, they get past the Knicks here. Um, but Tobias Harris shoots zero for five from three, four for 10 overall in the game. And I think when it comes to the playoffs, uh, specifically when you're talking about, you know, the Celtics or the Bucks, I think that you can make an argument that the Sixers can get past Cleveland just with Embiid and uh, and Harden playing well. Um, but I think, you know, to maybe get out of the second round, get get through the conference finals to to get past, you're going to have to get past the Celtics or the Bucks. You need Tobias Harris to shoot the ball better. You need Niang and Melton to be on their A games. You need PJ Tucker to be a menace on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and you know, if Brooklyn keeps playing the way they're playing, too, throw them into this discussion. But I, you know, with Brooklyn, kind of just need to uh, see it to believe it <laughs> that it, they can be consistent and can play for a couple months here without any drama. Sort of gets in the way of their success. Um, but you know, with the Sixers here. Bottom line, I think, in terms of uh, getting to the finals, winning a title, you know, doing what they want to do, which is breaking out of that second round ceiling that they've been in in the East, you need role players to be stars in their roles. If that happens, there is no reason why the Sixers team cannot win at all. Um, you have the stars, you have the role players, you have the the coach with experience and, and Doc Rivers. Uh, there, there is no reason that you can't win at all. On to tonight, the 76ers are in Washington and the Knicks are in Dallas. Uh, I don't think there's anything too interesting on the betting side for the 76ers-Wizards uh, game. I just go chalk and, and back the Sixers here. They're four-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, nothing left to say about that. On the other side, with the Mavs and the Knicks, I think that's more interesting. If Jalen Brunson coming back to Dallas, I think you can get some good value here with the Knicks at plus 175, currently on the money line on DraftKings. Uh, I'd take a flyer on that because I expect a great performance from Brunson uh, in this one. Um, so when we look at the NBA slate tonight with those uh, four teams, I think that's uh, kind of what you're looking at. Um, let's head back to Christmas, though, and talk about the Western Conference game I wanted to cover on this episode of the show. Uh, let's talk about the Lakers and the Mavericks and uh, just epic collapse by the Lakers. Also, not too surprising, I guess. <laughs> Uh, considering our circumstances, which we'll uh, get into here in a second. Big day in Dallas. Dirk gets his statue revealed. You have Luka versus LeBron. It's Christmas Day. It's in Dallas. Um, and the Mavericks take this one, 124 to 115, thanks to just an epic third quarter collapse, as I said, by the Lakers. It wasn't LeBron James' fault. <laughs> 38 points, but he doesn't get much help. 
Um, you know, you have guys like Austin Reeves and, and Lonnie Walker doing what they normally do, which is scoring in, in double digits. But look, when you have six foot five, Austin Reeves is your center in lineups and you have lineups that, you know, if you want to consider Reeves a forward, okay, I consider him more of a guard. So you're basically running lineups, you know, when LeBron isn't out there with five guards on the floor, it's, it's, it's just terrible. I, I feel bad for LeBron James. It's not a modern NBA sort of well-constructed uh, roster. And I talked about this uh, in a previous episode, but uh, Rob Palinka, you know, before the season started said that this is a guards league. And I just don't know what he's, where he's getting that from. Um, if you look at, um, you know, the teams that have won championships, the Lakers included <laughs> with this, with the same GM uh, a couple years ago, you have, you know, typically two star players. You know, you look at the Lakers with their two stars and you look at the Bucks with Giannis and Middleton. Um, and then you look at the Warriors with, uh, with Steph and Clay, you know, you have, uh, or Steph and Draymond or Steph and Poole, however you want to kind of divvy that up. Um, and then you have really good role players and shooters and, and just like three and D wings that star in their roles. And that's, what's so confusing to me about this whole thing with the Lakers is you had a formula that worked and then you, you've gone away from it. You chase after the third star in Westbrook, you get rid of all your depth, um, and then this year with this team, they've shown some signs of life. You know, they beat the bucks with a healthy Anthony Davis. Um, they've had some good wins. They've also had some, some bad losses, but the roster is, is, is screaming for a trade. Um, and now you don't have Anthony Davis and you have performances like this, where even when, when LeBron is willing your team to have a, a lead at halftime, it doesn't matter because you just can't keep up. Even though Dallas has had their own issues with helping Luka on the floor, it's just nothing compared to what LeBron is dealing with on the Lakers. Uh, I talked about the roster a little earlier in the episode, and I want to talk a little bit more about that. I think it was set up to fail. It's kind of as, as if Rob Palenka looked at the roster uh, in the offseason. He brings in uh, Dennis Schroeder, trades for Patrick Beverly. He takes Russell Westbrook off, puts Buddy Heald, 3 and D wing, Miles Turner, uh, three and D center uh, on the board, but then he never makes that trade. And now you have lineups on the floor and you have Russell Westbrook, Schroeder, Walker, uh, Pat Bev, Austin Reeves. And you're just asking these role players to do things that they, you know, are not accustomed to doing. You're, you're asking these guys to, to guard these big three and D wings or forwards or, you know, centers that play out on the perimeter. And you're just setting it up to, to fail really. Now you have a report from The Athletic that's saying the Lakers don't want to make a trade or, or they're scared to because they don't want to compound past mistakes. So, you know, if you have a young team and you're building for the future, you don't want to waste your picks. I get it. But you're throwing away another year. You threw away last year. You're throwing away another great year of LeBron James, a guy playing at a level as high as we've never seen a guy playing uh, at his age. And look, there's nothing you can do about the, the Anthony Davis injury. It happens. But I think even with him on the floor, the team is unbalanced. It doesn't resemble a competent roster or rotation in, in today's NBA. And uh, I think Darvin Ham has done a pretty good job with, with what he's got this year. But him and, you know, and, and then LeBron James and Anthony Davis with he's healthy, it can only do so much. Um, and, you know, I think that the narrative, thankfully, has shifted on Westbrook. I mean, he's not the problem. He's a legit contender for six man of the year. Uh, he gave you 17, five rebounds, four assists and 24 minutes on Christmas. He's, he's been great in his role, but with, with a lack of three indie wings, uh, you know, the shooting, the defense, the size, uh, sort of the, the, the guard heaviness of this team, um, 
I just I just don't see a light at the end of the tunnel here for the Lakers. They're at 13 and 20. You got them bottom three in the West. Um, unless a trade happens yesterday, I I just don't see how this is getting better for them. Over to Dallas again, 18 and 16, seventh place in the Western Conference, three games back of third place. I think that they need consistent production from their role players, though, to match what they did uh, last year in making a, a deep playoff run in the West. But even if they get there, um, I don't think this roster is good enough to win the West. So like the Lakers, I think this is a team to watch at the deadline. Are they going to make a big move? Are they going to give Luka some more firepower? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, on to tonight, we have the Lakers in Orlando. Magic are favored by three and a half at home, I think, as they should be. One of the more fun teams to watch in, in the league this season with Paolo Bancaro and, and Bull Bull and Cole Anthony. And with all due respect to the Magic, though, I just don't see a way that that the Lakers should have as many wins as the Magic. You both got 13 wins. One team is LeBron and Anthony Davis on a roster. The other team doesn't. It just is more evidence of what we were talking about a couple seconds ago and competent roster construction uh, for the Lakers. I don't think LA offers any value on the DraftKings Sportsbook in this matchup. Magic are, are minus 155 in the money line. I think that's fair. Um, let's go over to the to the Mavericks playing against the Knicks. Uh, and, uh, you know, we talked about this one a little earlier with Jalen Brunson making his return to Dallas. Uh, I do think the Knicks, I'm going to stand on what I said. I think the Knicks offer some value in this one. They're four and a half point dogs. Um you know, I think the main reason with this, with the Knicks for me, is, is Jalen Brunson coming back. Um, on the Dallas side, though, uh, a player prop that I like is Christian Wood getting over 18 and a half points tonight. Um, you uh, you can get that one. Uh, that, that's on the, on the books tonight. He's coming off a big performance on Christmas Day. He's given you 18.6 points a game over his last 10, settling into a nice role alongside Luka. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Christian Wood uh, in Dallas's game tonight. And with that, we have ourselves a show. That's all I got for you today. Please add the show as one of your favorite radio stations at the link in the description. Subscribe to the show on YouTube. And reminder, we're also on Apple Music, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for tuning in. And I will see you again tomorrow for our second show of the week.